0: Food is fuel for your body, your mind, and definitely your sport. But let's face it, nutrition is confusing and the expectations on girls and women to be thin and have a six pack are exhausting. If you've ever been frustrated with your body, confused about nutrition, obsessed with eating healthy or guilty when you don't, underate, overate, or overtrained, and overwhelmed with all the pressure, then this podcast is for you. Nutrition can be easy. You can take control of it. But it might start with letting go of control by asking for help and making a change. I'm Lindsay Elizabeth Cortez, sports dietitian and owner of Rise Up Nutrition, where I empower female athletes to overcome nutrition concerns and perform at their highest level, to stop being confused by all the mixed or harmful messages, and finally have confidence in your body as a fierce, fit, and fueled female athlete. All right. I'm here with one of my clients, Anna Grace, and she's here to tell us and tell all of you her her story of you know just nutrition, exercise, body, as well as her experiences and in, in working at Rise Up Nutrition, working with us, and and overcoming some of the obstacles she faced. And Anna Grace, welcome to the podcast, and we're really excited for you to share some stuff with us. Thank you. Welcome. I do too. Yeah. So to kind of kick us off, if you could tell our listeners just a little like background on you, kind of where you were prior to starting our nutrition coaching at Rise Up Nutrition, you know, what was going on in your life that made you feel like you needed to seek out and get nutrition help?
1: Okay. So I, when I, well, okay. I was in high school playing like competitive soccer and I really wanted to play soccer in college and so I started training really hard every day and just yeah I wasn't eating as much because I don't know I was like being really healthy and I was working out on my own probably like doing like 45 minute hit workouts and then like an hour or like two hours of soccer by myself and just like and then I would like plan the sessions So they wouldn't even be like, oh, I'm going to take a ball around. They'd be like, I oh, don't know. And that just kind of like develop. I got really stressed about food. And I did not like that was high school. And I really didn't gain any weight. Like when I was growing from freshman to like 18 or something. So I got like, I never got injured somehow. But it was very, my energy was my focus like I could I was like trained so hard and then I'd be like what what is going on I can't like nothing it's not working and so then I would train harder and then it would it wouldn't work and then sometimes like people on my team would be like oh I I did 20 minutes of ball work in my backyard the other day I feel so like talented right now or something I don't know but and then I'd be like well I I mean I wouldn't say this but I did like an hour or two hours every single day for the past three years and it wasn't showing like my I could do it I had no stamina and in games there was like I could not focus the f- like freshman year of high school before this started I definitely like, you can just like stop thinking about thinking when you're playing soccer you're just like okay the ball's there I go there or something like that you just don't think about it and you're like you get into the flow of the game or whatever and that never like I just could not for years could not get back into it and it was so frustrating. Yeah. I think
0: it really, your, your high school experience with training just really highlights, you know, this message that more training isn't always better, right? You kept pushing yourself more and more and more. And one of the reasons for that is because you weren't seeing results. And so you're not seeing results and you keep pushing yourself more and more and more. And it's, and it just kept backfiring. That's, you know, kind of the, the difficult lesson that you learned, or maybe you didn't learn yet, but you eventually, <laughs> um, eventually learned is that that's not always the best approach to training. And yeah, people around you were doing way less than you and seeing more success. And, you know, you just have that personality trait, which is wonderful in other areas of, of life, or if used appropriately, but that personality trait of, of discipline and hard work, you know, that's something that you just, you know, could apply to your life. And the frustrating part was that it wasn't getting you results. And so it really stemmed from you. When we talk about like your nutrition concerns, it really stemmed from this performance concern and this intense desire to be better on the soccer field. Right.
1: Right. I really want to, yeah, I really wanted to play in college very badly. I even like, I took a gap year at the end of high school, partially because my family was moving and like the in-state schools were changing but then I just like I was like I want to play I gave myself another year but I didn't change I just like had more time to play soccer and just like worked didn't I think I had like just rules to like train such and such many hours a day and like sometimes I'd be like well this is like pros train like twice as much of this a day or something but I had no energy any So it was so hard to just do like my set amount that I decided on. And yeah, I didn't know what was going on.
0: Yeah. And I want to stop you there and talk about that because I think there's a lot of young athletes that look at what the pros are doing and just try and mimic it. And that's not the right way. <laughs> just no, to say yeah. it bluntly, that's not the right way. You have to build your way up to that. So just copying what someone else is doing isn't inherently going to work. You know, a pro a pro had to build themselves up to that and you would have to do the same thing in your own right. And so it makes sense that like, yeah, just complete fatigue and exhaustion was just circulating you. And, you know, at what point, Anna Grace, did this drive to be better at soccer and keep training and pushing harder? At what point did that translate over into changing or affecting your nutrition as
1: well? I think that when I was like, started, like, not just playing soccer for fun exactly I mean it was for fun but it was like with the goal of playing in college then I I like I don't know I got more muscle definition from like working out all the time and I like I I never like had some time when I like lost weight I just didn't ever gain weight so it's like never noticeable or something I guess but I don't know, people would just like like my family or someone would be like, Oh my goodness, you look so athletic, or how can you say that you're not like fit? You look so fit or something like that. And so I'm like, I don't know. I was like I always felt like I was like a fraud because I was like I I should be really fit and I should be like really great athlete and I want to be and I'm trying everything. Obviously, apparently I should I should be, but I'm I did not feel like that. And So I just like, but I didn't change anything. I was just like more committed to eating a perfect diet and like not eating anything that could hinder my performance. So I guess it was kind of like orthorexia, but I also was just like terrified of, I felt like the only thing that I did have since I wasn't getting like the, like playing soccer how I wanted to was that I looked like an athlete and so I was really scared to lose that and yeah not being scared of doing that means that I was like I was not I didn't want to be anywhere close to the line of possibly not looking athletic anymore and so I just kind of got more and more restrictive and I set up new normals that now looking back is just weird to think about but yeah you know this is really
0: interesting you know that you What you weren't, the reality is you weren't achieving your goal of having energy or or being a a great athlete like you were training so hard to be, but that wasn't the reality. The reality was you were burnt out and run down and no energy. And so you weren't reaching your goal, but what you did have, you really clung to. What you did have was you looked like an athlete. And then that became what you then kind of couldn't let go of, even though that wasn't even the main goal of yours. You know, and I think I just think that's interesting to reflect upon, because even to and to even challenge that, you know, what does it really mean to look like an athlete? You know, because I think athletes come in all different shapes and sizes, pending your sport, pending your genetics. And, you know, that's something that I definitely, you know, you and I had lots of conversations about that, you know, we do on this podcast as well, that there can be just a wide range of body diversity in sport and the, those comments of like, but you look like an athlete can be so damaging, because that's exactly what you clung on to then is like, well, okay, if I'm not the athlete, then at least I'm going to look like it. But that didn't bring you happiness. That's the problem. That Because that wasn't what you really wanted. I think that that's, you know, it wasn't what you really wanted. It wasn't your real goal. And meanwhile, great, you had this look that you felt terrible in. you felt like crap, right?
1: Yeah. So that's the pickle you were in. I didn't. But I also didn't like think that, that was why I was not like succeeding or doing what so I didn't think that was a like conundrum I guess right yeah yeah at least yet I didn't
0: yeah so I guess if we could get to that like at what point did you come to realize that what you're doing isn't working and that there is a problem
1: so after my gap year I We finished this tournament and like the very next day, I, so I, I could have played at a D three school, but I didn't want to go to a small school. And so I had committed to like, I'm just going to go to a D one school that I really like. And so the, and they didn't have tryouts for soccer. So it was just like, you could go to a soccer camp and I was like 16 hours away from them at all times, So I just couldn't do that. Or that was like like last chance because also so many people want to play soccer but anyways I decided to try to walk on the cross-country team because they would allow walk on. and so like the very next day I started running on the treadmill and I ran all summer like three months or something and then got to school and I kept running and I was emailing the cross-country coach and I got an one run I had done too much I had Played two hours of futsal and done a like a an interval workout on treadmill. And then the next day my calves were so tight that I was like, no, I have to go on a run. And so I did. And I didn't stop when my Achilles started hurting and it got really bad. And the next day I could not walk normally. And I was like, that was the first injury that I had that wasn't like a twisted ankle. And so it was, um, I didn't really know what to, what to expect. I was like, this is just going to go away. Right. And then it didn't. And that was like, uh really hard. <laughs> um, but at that time I had also been listening to podcasts about from, I think there were like Dr. Stacey Sim podcast. And she just talked about how, like, if you don't have regular like hormones, then, you're not performing as well and she just listed all these horrible things like you don't have energy you can't focus you can't reach your max potential you can't adapt to training as much you you're going to like damage your cardiovascular system like on and on and totally freaked me out and um and were, well, those were all
0: yeah. things you were resonating with yes, right yes. all things you were experiencing and so listening and she's a great resource dr stacy sims and she's a she's a really great resource on this stuff so yeah, finally, like you, you kind of light bulbs went off of like, oh, all this bad stuff I'm experiencing. There's a reason for it. And this is why.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, and like, I remember one of them was like, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like really wired. And that was happening to me all the time. And I, I mean, it was at the, after like the first year, I guess of, dieting or whatever, I never got hungry. I just got like really weak and that's when I was like, okay, I feel like I'm gonna faint, so I guess I have to eat something now. So I would wake up like just super wired and my stomach might be kind of empty, but I mean I wasn't hungry. And so but then when she said that I was like, Well that's that's probably why I am waking up or something and I was like, Okay, well now I'm injured so like the prescription for that is just to stop exercising and eat more, which made me so angry when I heard that yeah but I finally was like okay well I'm injured so this is just going to be like I will just not run not work out as intensely for a month and then my hormones will come back and I won't be injured anymore and it'll be great I'll be back in like that happened in November I'll be like I'll be back in January and I can just try again and that was so (laughs) naive, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Did not work like that at all. A month, oh my goodness. Took like a year and a half to finally get done with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So your your little plan of all just exercise a little less and eat a little bit more wasn't the full solution. But it's interesting that you said, Anna Grace, that you were angry, because I don't think you're the only one who gets angry. Not only when when first realizing that maybe what they're doing is wrong, and that's a problem. I mean, right? That's the first phase of any like intervention is like denial, like denial that anything I'm doing is wrong. No, that can't possibly it. And then you get angry, you get angry, and you get angry at the solution, because it's typically the opposite of whatever you've been doing. And that didn't sound like something you were willing to do at that time. I mean it really wasn't. Even the one month that you attempted to exercise less, you know, was so different than probably what you've really learned throughout this entire journey, but it makes sense that you were angry and I think that's just fair to point out for other listeners who might be in a similar position and and get angry that this is happening to them or get angry at the changes that they they have to make, but one reframe that I want to offer. And I do so with a little bit of hesitation, but you know, you don't have to make these changes. I, as a medical professional, like I would want you to, but you know, why do you have to, it's a choice. If you want to feel better, if you want to be more energized, if you want to be the great athlete that you want to, that you want to be, if you want to have a chance that making the cross-country team or the soccer team, like, then the, these are the steps that will help you get there. So it is a choice to improve your life. And that's kind of, I think, the turning point for a lot of people. Instead of getting angry at, I have to do this to finally recognize, like, I want to, you know? And um, I think that probably took a, a little bit longer for you, if if we're being fair, right? Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I never have really... This process wasn't enjoyable. It was just not enjoyable. It was really hard, but it it is really important and worth it. Okay, she said it. It was worth it.
0: Okay. <laughs> 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 Reluctantly, but you did. Well, and and let's look at kind of kind of fast forward then. Like like what made it worth it for you to stay on this path or to reach out and get help? You know what 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 is making it worth it?
1: Yeah, so I just wish that like it hadn't taken so long, but it's worth it to me because I now I didn't feel like I was a fraud for like looking healthy, but not or trying to be healthy and not being healthy or something. But I did just was like, because people thought I was fit and I wasn't fit. That's why I thought like I felt like a fraud before and then. um when I listened to these podcasts, and I was like, i trying, I look healthy and I like claim to be trying to be healthy, but I'm not actually and I'm not willing to be because then I have to gain weight and I have to look different. And during that time, I felt like, like I love science. That's kind of why I was listening to those podcasts. I love like exercise physiology. Now I love endocrinology. I love food science. And I like, I felt like I couldn't be in that field or pursue that field if I wasn't committing and like putting into action what I learned, like, oh, yeah, that that stuff is really important and cool, but like, I'm not going to do it. Like, I couldn't. That's honestly a huge drive for me because I just feel like I can't be a scientist and not care about having hormones and not like just do whatever, <laughs> put body image, put my my pride in my athletic looking body aside and to do like what is actually healthy for it. And I'm just like tearing myself apart instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know, and in kind of the different phases of how we can feel like a fraud, but there's a lot to be said for, especially if you have an interest in nutrition or health or endocrinology or fitness and you want to share that, you know, passion with others or, pursue it as a career, and it's like, okay, well, then you need to fix yourself first. That's where it's going to start. And so as difficult as that was, I think it was also such a, you know, mature thing of you, if I can say that, to just recognize, like, wait, I need to be able to look myself in the mirror and have confidence in what I'm doing if I'm going to go any further with this. So that's really good. Now, I want to go back, Anna Grace, to to what you were saying about, like, how how long this took from because it's from the moment of kind of recognizing that you had a problem but i think it for you it's it kind of stems before that because you're like well i was feeling exhausted for a couple of years and then you finally discover kind of wait it's all these things of of under you know probably energy deficiency red s also amenorrhea and so you discover your you know problems, you kind of identify them per se, and then you attempt to fix them on your own. But like you kind of mentioned, we were angry. We weren't fully willing at the beginning. You know, at at what point did you realize maybe you needed extra help and and not being able to to do it on your own anymore?
1: Yeah, I wish I had gotten help in high school. I have a lot of regret for all those very difficult training hours that didn't do anything for me and then I didn't want to have another person help me at the beginning also like so I think of all this happening at like November in 2019 that's basically my starting point is the day that my Achilles hurt like um, I got injured and then like until that summer the first summer then I was like I'm just gonna fix this by myself because it should not be a big deal. I just have to eat more and exercise less. Like, that sounds so simple. Yeah, I mean, it was like, you just have to do it. So that's what I kind of told myself. But that was a lot harder. And also like my version of exercising less and eating more is was inadequate. It was very, very inadequate. And I was very frustrated. I was like, well, I'm doing it and nothing's happening. Mm hmm.
0: I love that you just said that that my version of exercise less and eating more was still inadequate. And I think that really highlights we're getting professional help really can can better the situation to see what what the reality is of what's right for your body because we can certainly make our own judgments or just compare ourselves to our past selves but it's like we're you know what are we comparing here? We're comparing, well, I'm eating more than other people. Well, how do you know that other people are eating the right amount or that that would work for your body? So I think that really highlights why getting that that extra help can be so important for people who might be feeling just as frustrated of like, but I am doing all these things, but it's your perspective might be different than what the reality of what you need is. Yeah,
1: definitely. And that summer, that first summer, I got... So I like went to a normal doctor that like, just like is under my health insurance and they were just going to be like birth control or like hormone replacement. And I was like, well, I mean, I have now researched so much, which also I do. I don't know. I just really recommend getting help and stop looking at all the horrible things that are happening to you without hormones or whatever problem you're having. Cause that's just, Really depressing and frustrating. And puts you yeah, like on a I, time crunch and it's like, oh,
0: Yeah. I think I I think I kinda wanna highlight that too, because you did so much like like you were going through this journey a year and a half, you know, before or more before you came to me. And it that is one of the things that like stressed you out so much is you had almost like over-researched. And it that can that the research in and of itself can be a stressful process as well as like the, you know, the fear of what you're reading and and instilling fear in you that can be stressful. So yeah, you, you definitely <laughs> were one of those people that kind of co- caused more harm than good to yourself by googling a few too
1: many times. <laughs> or like Stacey Sims has so many podcasts and at some point I was like you have to stop because every single like I don't know I think that because people like not many people know about it they feel like every time they have a opportunity to have to drill home how horrible this is and you have to change it and so I just was so depressed (laughs) every single time I listened yeah I did and like I was like I was not complete human being at the end of every podcast until I until I solved this problem and That was, um, I had, it was not good motivation. It was kind of just like beating yourself with a stick.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, this is important, (laughs) you
1: know, this is important to fix and
0: to solve, but it's also good to recognize when, when you are making yourself depressed and unhappy. And, And I think too, it's, that's the time when it's like, okay, then go, go get help for this, you know, because you were just... Getting so upset and so depressed by, like you said, just listening to the stuff, saying like this is so bad, and you're sitting here like, well, this is my situation right now. So you just felt terrible about it. Yeah, yeah, that it certainly didn't help your mindset. I don't think. No,
1: but it did give you the education that you needed. It did. I was like, when they were like with the the, the birth control and the hormone test and everything, I was like, bye. But
0: <laughs> so you knew how to respond to those doctors who were giving you yeah Um, advice to go on birth control you knew nope that's that's not the path that's going to get me the real result
1: no because that just like blinds your or masks your problem and also like I mean I've read like birth control it doesn't you don't you still don't get the same training adaptions or can get the same intensity when you have not your regular fluctuations and like naturally produced hormones which is, you know, really frustrating. I would love to just go on some pills and then it'd be fixed a lot quicker, a lot easier. But yeah. So then I found I I don't know where I found this person, but an endocrinologist in the UK. And do I should I say her name or not? Yes, because we've had her on this podcast, Dr.
0: Nikki Kay. Um, I, I'll include it in the show notes, but she's a wonderful expert in this field and and in in the field of like hormones and endocrinology and amenorrhea. So you can listen to that uh, podcast episode. I'll link it in the show notes, but continue.
1: Yes. So she helped me. I like just would like send her blood, re- my blood results. And then she would like email me advice or like a, um like a virtual meeting like this. My parents thought it was very, extreme that I had contacted a doctor in the UK but I was just like I can't do this by myself anymore and I couldn't find anyone else I didn't know like who else because the doctors I went to always were like well this is not a problem and it's not related to your soccer certainly or something and so it was really good to have validation that this was the cause of my problem and that I was going the right direction so I made some progress with her. It was very slow and back and forth and yeah i I did get some periods with her after that, which was huge very yes, it was it yeah, it was very exciting, but because I was like I didn't think that i like I was not supposed to exercise or like I did some weight training i took one month like completely off because i i also had like a knee problem that came after the achilles problem and just like i just had to stop for a month but then most of the like all the rest of the time i was doing weight training like i don't know probably like three bigger days and other like walks i I was also walking that was the thing i wanted to run i wanted like that year like i just felt like I was under such a time crunch because I wanted to run college cross country and yeah my time was slipping away and I was I had been so close to at least like getting shot at that but um it wasn't really enough support because also I had still would not have called this an eating disorder at this point I would call this like a physical issue that I'm my body is being very annoying and it's not cooperating and I'm doing everything but it's not it's not so like Nikki's through Dr. K Nikki she encourages you to have like three air quotes perfect cycles or something that are within like around thirty days or whatever. Before you start running and then like just the slow progression with running and it was, I was never getting to close enough and I was just like, oh, yay, but no, it's too late. It doesn't even count now or something like that and so frustrated.
0: Yeah, so it was, it was huge progress that you made of actually restoring menstrual cycles, but the issue for you was you weren't yet able to progress your training you know, how you wanted to, you basically weren't exercising anywhere near where you ideally wanted to. And you still felt trapped because you're, although you were getting cycles, they weren't yet regulated or normal. And so it it left you in this very, like, what do I do kind of phase? And you didn't know what to do next with your training or, or your eating. And also, because you're eating, just like you said, at that point in time, you just felt like something's wrong with my body. And you did recognize you need to make a change, but you also, you hadn't fully addressed completely
1: like the eating side of things. Right. At this point, I was like, I mean, I hadn't been counting my calories in college. I had some during my years before that. So, because it was always like, sometimes my dad would tell me that I wasn't eating enough and I'd be like, that's ridiculous. I'm totally eating enough. And sometimes he was like, hesitantly tell me that I should track my calories and be like see look this isn't enough it was never to not eat to eat less I strangely enough never did that it was always to eat enough but it again my version was not was not adequate um your version was not adequate no (laughs) (laughs) so I but now again like that's what I was doing when I started working with Nikki like she was like we need more carbs so like i was like tracking how many carbs i was getting and then i was like increasing that and i kept increasing that because she um makes a huge point that carbohydrate like how much total amount of carbohydrate really affects t3 availability which like is a really big problem when you have red S that you just don't have enough it's like connected to energy availability of the thyroid Hormone. It is. Yeah. Your
0: thyroid hormones are are certainly playing a huge role in energy availability and therefore, you know, having regular menstrual cycles as well and just metabolism because your thyroid regulates so much of your metabolism. So,
1: so I was like tracking really closely and we're getting okay. So, in call, yeah, that year in college, I was like eating the exact same amount, basically net calories every day, depending on how much I got to work out. And I was like, it. It just wasn't like I wanted to be done. I wanted to stop thinking about this. I wanted it to be over and to me just be like go on a run whenever I wanted to. And so I was like, I remember I called my mom one time at college and I was like, I can't do this. I want it to be done. This is never gonna get. Never gonna get finished. And I'm just gonna this summer. I'm just gonna get like a dietitian and just do whatever they say or something. I'm going to gain tons of weight. I don't care. I just want it to be over with. I was very, I, that was, again, I was kind of angry. I was crying angry during that conversation, but I was like, I don't know what else to do. Hey fans, I hope
0: you are enjoying this conversation so far and we'll be back to it in just a moment. But first I want to pause and let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Female Athlete System of Transformation. AKA a fast track to overcome disordered eating and use food as fuel to perform at your highest level. The female athlete system of transformation is my unique program and proven systems to guide female athletes to understanding and implementing the proper nutrition for their sport life and health. Myself and my team of registered sports dietitians work one-on-one with clients to address their unique needs and counsel them through the nutritional and behavioral changes needed. Many female athletes who resonate with disordered eating, mental guilt around food and body, relative energy deficiency in sport or female athlete triad, amenorrhea, repeat injuries due to negligent nutrition, or frankly, just a lack of knowledge and understanding on their fueling needs have seen incredible success in the fast track. After years of working as a sports RD, I've compiled the most effective ways for female athletes to learn nutrition, be supported, be challenged, and ultimately find their success with fueling as fast as possible. So don't wait another day. Get to your goals faster by joining the female athlete system of transformation. Look in the show notes or head to the website to book a free call and learn more. Okay, now let's get you back to the conversation. Enjoy. And I think you also, you know, You also had a very like all or nothing mindset in many ways, you know, even just what you just said of like, I want this to be over with, so I'll gain all the weight, you know, and just this, like these very extremes, right? when it's funny because when you came to me I never set a weight goal for you anyways and <laughs> it's like we've talked about this a lot a lot a lot but like I've never set a goal for how much weight you need to gain because it's irrelevant as long as you're putting the appropriate amount of energy into your body but you ha- you just that 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 all or nothing mindset and kind of extremes is kind of where you were living at that time too you know and and fortunately you knew you didn't want to go backwards you know and you didn't want to go back to no energy and, and you know you were you were on this path of complete determination to not be a fraud anymore to get healthier to get your period back and i think you finally like you said you, you got you got menstrual cycles but then you felt trapped with like even your nutrition of feeling trapped of like, well, I eat this when I burn that and it wasn't getting you the full solution. You were feeling trapped with the, the rigid rigidity of your nutrition and still feeling like you didn't have the full result of the flexibility to train at the level that you wanted to, and, you know, go to soccer tryouts and, I think that kind of brings us to when you came to me, right? Because you, like you said, you, you told your mom, I'm just going to go all in and work with a dietitian and, and figure this
1: out. Right. I felt very trapped because I was like, well, if I have to gain more weight, then I'm not going to look the same. I can't do that. But then I was like, but I can't stop eating. I want to stop eating so badly. And let's go back to my how I used to look and how people used to think of me. I, I mean, I don't know how they thought of me, but how I thought they thought of me as, and yeah, I would just like, I felt like nothing was like my, and my efforts weren't working. But then if I went backwards, then I would, I just couldn't go backwards because I, I had already invested a year of my life into this. And um, again, like I felt like I could not go into the scientific field with this if I couldn't. But then I was like, I started to recognize that this was not just I couldn't be objective, that this was a mental problem because I apparently couldn't gain weight, even if, though I knew that it was good for me. And that is when I started thinking of it, that I had an eating disorder, which sounded very dramatic, sounded like I kind of had always thought, felt like I like people around me would think that I was too smart to not do the objectively logical thing. So I felt like, yeah, I felt like they're kind of embarrassed. Like, why, (laughs) what is wrong with me that I can't do this thing? that's obviously right. And I just, but I knew that I could, I mean, I probably would have gotten there eventually in maybe another year or two years, but I felt like I could not gain weight by myself that I needed mental support because I had already gained more than I, I was struggling. And I was not even done.
0: You know, uh, thank you for your honesty and transparency in this and like, just recognizing, wait, why can't I do what I know is right? I think so many people I you know, I've been there before other people have been there. Like, I know this is the right thing. So why can't I just do it? And that's where it's like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe there is a mental component to this. And that's where help is so important, you know, whether it's, you know, with someone like me or a therapist or a psychologist or something, you know, it's okay. But the the fact that you were able to recognize that. And I think, you know, Anna Grace, you and I had a really interesting conversation during our time of working together where you just kind of bluntly asked me, if you don't mind me sharing this story, you just kinda of bluntly asked me, like Lindsay do you think I have an eating disorder? <laughs> and I think my response to you was very vague. And I was like, I don't know. Do you think you have one? <laughs> and yeah. and the, the reason I say that is because it's, you know, labeling something can sometimes be so helpful to have a, a term that kind of describes what's going on on the flip side, it can also be destructive by putting you into this box or giving you some form of identity that might not be helpful. Because the thing is, if you do have an eating disorder, I don't want you to feel like that's your identity and that you can't get out of it because you, you can and you can lose that. Right. So I kind of, I was like, well, what do you think, Anna Grayson? And, and your perspective was that, you know, I think for you, it really helped you so that you, you felt like, okay, this isn't just because of, lack of smarts, you know, like you're a smart girl. You you knew the right quote right thing to do. And so by for you, by lay you know, calling it what it is and saying it's an eating disorder, that kind of took that pressure off of you to fix it on your own, right? And to and to kind of in a weird way like submit to the reality that This is difficult and there is a process for this um, in order to overcome it instead of like something's wrong with me because nothing's wrong. Like this, this happens to a lot of people, you know, and a lot of smart people and a lot of capable people and a lot of intelligent people. And, you know, I also shared with you, you know, my story that I never, when I was in college, never would have resonated with that term. And never would have admitted it. But in hindsight, I can be like, Oh yeah, that was disordered. That's, you know, and so it, it really varies person to person. If you want to call it an eating disorder, disordered eating or, or not. But I think for you, feeling so trapped in that, why can't I fix this on my own mentality and feeling so frustrated with yourself? It, am I correct in saying it was really helpful to just address it and say, it is an eating yeah. problem. It is an it eating was. disorder.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it oh, it was really the difference, like, because my parents would be like, well, you know everything that you're supposed to be doing. So how is the dietitian going to help you? And honestly, it wasn't, I mean, the dietitian, like, you, you definitely needed to know about food to help me. But the difference was that you helped enable me to actually follow that, the stuff that I knew. And that was, like, a little harder to explain to my parents, but I don't, they just thought, like, I couldn't, <laughs> which is, again, the mental problem part, but yeah. I couldn't be objective. You said that so good.
0: <laughs> so good. I mean, <laughs> you see proper English. You see, <laughs> You said that so good. You said that so well of, like... You, yes, you, Anna Grace, you came in, I even told you, you know, as part of my programming, you know, I have some modules to go through. And I even told you, like, it's it's not like, I know you know what a carb is, okay? And maybe some of my clients don't, but I knew you coming in, I Anna Grace, I know you know what a carb is, but it's not about just the information. It's about the implementation, of that information. And that's what I'm here to help you do is I'm here to help you implement it and and figure out what are the obstacles and why you're not implementing it and find a way to overcome that obstacle together. So, you know, kind of just in in a more broad answer, do you, do you think that in working together, you've been in the fast track for th- three months. Do you think that in working together, we were able t- to overcome that for you?
1: Definitely. Yeah it definitely helped I mean overcome like done move on with a different life I don't know I still have to like keep up thinking pathways but it's helped a lot it helped a lot change how I thought about everything or and how I could deal with deal with my thoughts I think that's probably more accurate than like changing what I thought but um dealing with your thoughts yeah yeah Yeah. like I just had a lot of I had a lot of self-hatred because I was, I felt like I had been doing this for like a year and like my body was broken. It was never gonna get fixed and I couldn't do what I needed to do. So I was, you know, beating myself up really badly about that. And I didn't want, I, I was so depressed and angry at myself. And it's very hard to pull yourself out of that. Again, like, Negative thoughts, they don't help you. Like, I feel like everybody knows that, but it's not, again, not objective. Like, okay, I'm not going to think that anymore.
0: Yeah. You can't just flip the switch and say, well, I'm not going to think that. Yeah. It's in your brain. Well, I have a question for you then, Anna Grace. Okay. <laughs> that I've never asked you before. But, you know, what drew you to seeking help from from me instead of perhaps like a therapist or, or a counselor?
1: So... I mean I found you on Instagram and I particularly, so most people most podcasts, most like people who just like post on Instagram about these are dietitians that say to stop exercising and to eat more and they basically say, Yes, it's hard, but just do it and I mean you can go to therapy and I'm sure that helps. But the thing was I wanted to be an athlete and again that's kind of all started from I want to perform really well and I want to be able to perform my best. And you worked with high level athletes and I mean, I'm not professional athlete. I didn't even get to do anything in D one or anything, but, and I don't, I don't, I want to clarify. I do not think that people who get to do that are like more deserving or more just like have more value, but that's really cool. when they do get to do that. That's also like, not what I'm saying, but, that, that definitely made a difference to me because I was like, well, if she works with high level athletes and she's not going to tell me to quit exercising. And she'll understand that like, I want to perform in this. I, like, I don't, I loved that you helped me and are helping me like work out and try to like be a good soccer player, be a good runner again without everything in my body working perfectly. Um, like you're more flexible. And I wanted someone who was flexible. And also, you weren't just a dietitian, you worked on the mental side, which I had decided was a huge problem for me. But it just like, made me so frustrated. When people said you have to stop working out completely. And you're not, you're not reaching your goals. Oh, well, that's because you're not like not working out strictly enough, or not eating enough strictly. And I'm like, it was frustrating. It was like, sure. well, what if you can't, <laughs> whether you just like mentally can't, or you're an athlete or something. And I don't know, I'd heard about some people who didn't stop like, um, like Abby Cooper. And I was like, well, I want to be like that. Like, why can't I get to do that? So that was big for me.
0: Yeah. You know, I want to take a moment to just share that, you know, there are a few different approaches for how to overcome disordered eating, eating disorders, amenorrhea, red S, there's different approaches. And one is not inherently like more right than another, because it all depends on, you know, each person and where they're at and where they're trying to go and what they are willing to do. So if somebody were to ask me point blank, like, you know, how, how, how do I get my period back? Maybe I, maybe I would say that oversimplified answer of stop exercise, eat more food, you know, but not everyone can do that. Not everybody's willing to do that. And, and there are other ways. And with that though, because I, I, I want to be clear about this too. I do work with athletes. So many of my clients are getting their menstrual cycles back while still training. That does not mean overtraining and it doesn't mean training five hours a day, or, you know, it doesn't, we're smart training. I think that's something you and I were able to do this, this entire time that we work together is you continue to progressively increase your training. So I know at the time of recording this podcast, you know, you're, you're ultimately not exactly where you want to be with, with your training, but you are, training multiple days a week, you're now um, back in college, you joined the rec soccer league, and you're getting to play a couple days a week of soccer. And you're hitting the gym, and you're running. And maybe it's not, you know, just correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth. But again, it's not exact. It's not where you want to be just yet. But you're doing it. And that's what's awesome about this is that you are training and you're training smart. And your health is in a better place. Your mental health is in a better place. Your hormonal health is in a better place and still improving. And your nutritional health is in a, in a much, much better place too. So that's again, kind of going back to what you were saying before, I don't know how many minutes ago, but just saying that like, you're still on this journey, maybe it's not completely over, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm applying everything. You know, it's. I think you were saying it in reference to your thoughts of uh, maybe I'm not just over those thoughts, but I know how to deal with them, and so I'm applying it to your life. Is that a correct summary? Yes. Okay.
1: Getting to play, I'm I'm playing club soccer, and so yeah, that was definitely big, big step that I was excited and like running again. I mean, like I did agree. I mean, I did this before also. I joined you, but I was like, I want to be over, and so I stopped running because. Another thing is that Nikki says that high heart rate is like, that like really affects your, your stress and like, so I was just like, okay, I'll stop. And also I didn't want to have to do it. I didn't want to be running 20 minutes, twice a week, like, just basically like run walking or something and, and not, and then maybe I'll have to stop again and or like it not really building to anything. I just want, so I mean, I didn't run for a while, but um, I'm getting to do that now. I'm getting like a little bit and then I'm getting to play club soccer. And I'm, yeah, I'm really, it's getting there to like me being really at the end of everything, everything being worth it finally. (laughs) Yes, she said it. Everything's worth it finally. <laughs> I mean, cuz also when we talk
0: about, you know, your your mental state throughout all of this and you know, you've hit on the fact that you were so hard on yourself and you were getting depressed and you were overly stressed and and, and many times you did want to give up. You you did feel like is this even worth it? You know, and I think that's a valid feeling to to even think, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I going putting myself through this? So it, it is a relief Anna Grace, to hear you say, as you are now feeling better and doing better and on, on this path that, okay, it is, it is worth it. And, you know, with that, I might ask you a kind of twofold question, two, two questions. So we'll start with the, the first one of kind of what, what do you think in working together in the female athlete system of transformation? Like, what do you think your biggest takeaway was or like transformation or biggest lesson learned?
1: It was, how to deal with the negative thoughts that so like I think just a huge thing was self-hatred that and I was like you don't you look I didn't like how I looked so I would tell myself how bad I looked and then I was failing at my like I had to have this one goal for a year a whole year or something or a year and a half and other people did it really like three months and I had failed at that just yeah beating myself up and then In this program, I just like it's kind of like learn to accept that you fail in life, and it doesn't have to. It's not your identity, and it's not the. It doesn't have to be the end. And different people take different lengths, but it's more like I'm definitely noticed that my thought patterns have changed, and like before like in the, the months in college right before I decided to join the program I would be like get disappointed because of like this physical sign or something and then I would go on horrible just inner rampages just tearing myself apart pe- as hard as I possibly could because I just wanted a punching bag and I only had myself and now and it just made me feel just like, I didn't want to live or something anymore. And now, if I have a negative thought, then I don't know, I just I don't want to feel like that again. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not it's not my world, I guess. And I know that I can find good thoughts. And I don't have to feel like that, even if I am failing, I don't have to feel like that, because I can put good thoughts into my head, I can sit down and think of, things that I have succeeded in and reasons why my life is great and that I'm loved by God and so that I will have an incredible future at one time in my life even when I do die then but there's just like good things that you can think about and I I mean I've gotten here and it's taken so long but I like you can get here you definitely can get here I mean, I, there's so many times where I didn't want to believe anymore that I could get here because I just kept getting disappointed and disappointed every time I like something didn't work, but it really helps to not think like that and to just keep believing, which is really hard. And again, that's like something you just, you need support system for every time that you're like well, I just can't do this anymore. I'm, I give up. Then someone can be like, you know, you are. Look at this, this progress. You have made progress. You're not completely failing. It just takes long. Like this is normal that it takes like this long. And then, yeah, that that was really helpful for you to keep doing that. And then eventually, like I can start doing that to myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, at a, at a time in your life where you you couldn't be stay positive for yourself, I think that's where joining this program was really key for you to be that that kind of guiding light and give you the hope and positivity to keep striving for and also to shine the light on you and all the amazing things that you you were accomplishing that you already had accomplished and that you already had within you and to shine that light right back on you you know so it's you know anna grace i just think it's it's you know your biggest transformation was kind of the mental shifts because just like you said that you know coming to terms with, ooh, is this an eating disorder was because you realize it's not about the information. I know the information. Why can't I get myself to do it? It was this mental block. And so that was your biggest transformation in working together that after so long of struggling with this, in three months, we were able to overcome that mental obstacle and that mental block so that you could move forward with all the, the information you already knew and so that you could apply it. And I you know that highlights, you know, my little tagline of being fierce, fit and fueled. It, it's, you know, that's kind of the three pillars of this program and how we work with clients is the first thing we address is having a fierce mindset, helping you overcome those limiting thoughts and negative beliefs that are holding you back and when you when you finally can remove the negativity and step into a fierce mindset then we can focus on making sure you have a fit body and what does that mean is it how you look no it's making sure that you're healthy on the inside out that nutritionally as dietitians we we knew okay anna grace is getting the iron she needs she's hitting her protein goals she's getting her menstrual cycles so she was healthy and fit from the inside out and then the last piece you know being fueled as an athlete and supporting you in that athletic perspective to make sure that not just being healthy but being fueled for your sport and for your training. And so for you, I think you had so much knowledge about menstrual cycles and training and all of that, but it was overcoming the, the mindset piece. And I'm just so proud. I'm like sitting here. I feel like a, like, I'm just so proud of you because I'm reflecting back now, Anna Grace. I'm looking at your smile and like, I'm reflecting back to our first few meetings that were rough. <laughs> I don't know if you really remember. I'm getting like emotional right now. Aww. Um <laughs> Because they, you, you, you know, it, it was interesting because for me as being your, your coach in this process, when I first started with you, I was trying to figure you out, you know, because I, you weren't you. I'm so emotional <laughs> right now. <laughs> and you're, as I got to work with you and you overcame, you know, those mental struggles, like you're, 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 you. I didn't know, I don't know who you were before, but I know who you are now. And it's amazing and you're happier and you're focused and you can play soccer again. And, you know, your personality has come through versus it was so clouded, you know, before with that negativity. So, Oh, I'm a wreck right now. I'm
1: crying. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess my, almost final question, I'm going to throw a few more in here for you. But just, um, I think you've given listeners a lot of good advice already. But if you have any like final advice uh, for other people who maybe are in your shoes or resonating with what
1: what you once went through, what would your advice be to them? I would say do not underestimate the mental component and like, look for it. And it's not like everybody has mental problems whether they're dealing with like how your body looks or like how much food to eat or something totally unrelated but it's normal and but it's also very important to change it and it can change your quality of life so much um and i would i would advise you to get help because it's so much easier when you have someone supporting you and like validating your struggles and and like catching you when you're like beating yourself up or getting like i'm gonna give up this is pointless it's so so helpful to have someone stop you and say no keep going and you're you're doing good um yeah that's my advice
0: yeah yeah and i really like that you said you know it's normal to have mental struggles everybody does but still change it right And work to improve it. Just because something is normal doesn't mean that we should just accept it. It is okay that it happened or is happening. It's common. It happens to many people, but you can change it. You have control and you can take, you know, the steps needed. So, Anna Grace, I just can't thank you enough for sharing. Your story on this podcast and being willing to like share it with others because I know (laughs) speaking for you, if you could have saved yourself some time in this process, uh, you know, you, you would have. So maybe I think by sharing your story, you might inspire many other girls and women to do the same and to get help sooner to address this mental component or to even just for those who don't even know that they're doing anything wrong, you know, and just. Acknowledge like, okay, this is amenorrhea. This is energy deficiency. This is disordered eating and, and start that process of acceptance and action. So thank you so much for being willing to share it. Do you want to play my rapid fire questions? Yeah. Yes. I know, I know you're a listener (laughs) of the podcast. So you know what they are.
1: I think I do know what they are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anna Grace, if there was one food you could eat every single day for the rest of your life and never get sick of it, what would it be?
1: dark chocolate if it's dark cocoa powder or yeah I mean I put that in everything I love it I, I definitely dark though milk chocolate is not the same yeah but,
0: yeah at first I was surprised with
1: that answer because I was like wait a second what about your pancakes that you have for no but they so have often. dark ch- cocoa powder in them right. dark cocoa, and then like my, the mug cake has dark cocoa powder in it and like smoothies you can put dark cocoa powder in brownies and And everything I mean, like, no, the the waffle, my favorite breakfast would be the dark chocolate uh, waffle with almond butter and blueberries, and then the eggs, but the almond butter and blueberry waffle. That's really good.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, because I, 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 I know your food really well. So I'm like, wait, yeah. you do eat th- you do eat that waffle for breakfast every <laughs> single day. But the dark chocolate makes complete sense now. And that's why your iron was always through the roof. Every time we yeah. looked at your <laughs> your nutrition, I was like, your dark cocoa, your dark chocolate is just helping out your iron so much.
1: You do eat a lot of it. You're right. <laughs> and it's way easier to eat than like blackstrap molasses or something. Just mix it into everything baked. Mm
0: hmm. Mm-hmm. you are so right yes yeah, so dark <sighs> cocoa dark chocolate you could eat it never get sick of it you basically already do it <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's great what what is your favorite sport to participate in
1: as of now it's soccer i suppose it could change in the future to running but haven't done very much of that and i do love playing soccer it's very yeah very fun to to play it
0: <laughs> and you're back at it so we're yeah. excited for you for that and what about as a spectator is it still soccer or as a spectator sport what do you like watching
1: at the olympics like i liked watching athletic runners that i knew of that was really fun to watch their them run around in circles as around. but um if and like soccer games take longer so i mean yeah it was kind of it was kind of possibly more fun to watch them just like the shorter event with these people that I knew but it, I do like watching soccer and if it was like just people that I don't know like the running events where I didn't know anyone that was I had no interest in that but like I could turn a soccer soccer game on and like have no idea who any of the players were and I th- would still think it'd be cool and fun to watch yeah
0: yeah totally so so both running track and and soccer are up there And I get what you mean about, I I think the same as a spectator, like when you know people who are playing, that just makes, you know, a huge difference. So what about if there's a female athlete that you want to give a shout out to for being really inspiring or, you know, for being fierce, fit and fueled someone in your personal life or someone more known, well-known professionally, who would that be and why?
1: Well, lately I have definitely been Appreciative of, especially with all the podcasts I listen to, of like athletes who've shared their stories, and I think it's really inspiring that you can have these problems. You can have like years where you're like just totally set back and not training, and then you can go run Olympics in the Olympics or something. So right now, I would say that like my two favorite athletes are Elise Kerney and Abby Cooper. Because that's what they did. And I think it's so cool that they just like, like, no, this didn't ruin my athletic career at all. Like, I went to the Olympics. So, Mm -hmm. I love
0: that. Super, yeah, super inspiring. And and that's why sharing these stories is so helpful. And I think it relates to you too when you were, you know, in, in the depths of feeling like there's no hope, like there is. And that's why sharing these stories is so helpful that, you know, athletes like Elise Craney have, you know, shared that, yeah, I was once there and look at where I am now. So it's awesome. But well, Anna Grace, we're super excited to see, you know, how you continue to, to progress in your own journey. And thanks again for sharing.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. It was.
0: Fans, I hope you enjoyed this episode and conversation. If it did help you, then I want to direct you to where you can sign up for our email list. If you think the podcast is helpful, then you will also find our monthly emails helpful and our blogs helpful. And I'm also super excited to drop some new materials on you all very, very soon to include online courses and swag. That's right. Although my specialty is coaching clients one-on-one individually to their goals, I do know many female athletes are looking for more digital resources that they can take advantage of on their own time. And that is coming super, super soon. So if you get on our email list, then you will be one of the very first to know and even get early bird pricing. No joke. I've been working on this and some other big things for Rise Up Nutrition for a while now. And I want you as a loyal fan a female athlete nutrition podcast listener to be one of the first to know about these new and exciting things so again if you like the podcast i'm sure you'll love all the other stuff so get on our email list and stay in the loop the direct link to sign up just submit your email is in the show notes so look for that or you can always head to our website www.riseupnutritionrun.com thank you so much and happy holidays